Chapter Four of The Unbearable Bassington by Saki. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Francesca prided herself on being able to see things from other people's point of view, which meant, as it usually does, that she could see her own point of view from various aspects. As regards Comus, whose doings and non-doings bulked largely in her thoughts at the present moment, she had mapped out in her mind so clearly what his outlook in life ought to be, that she was peculiarly unfitted to understand the drift of his feelings for the impulses that governed them. Fate had endowed her with a son. In limiting the endowment to a solitary offspring, fate had certainly shown a moderation which Francesca was perfectly willing to acknowledge and be thankful for. But then, as she pointed out to a certain complacent friend of hers, who cheerfully sustained an endowment of a half a dozen male offspring and a girl or two, her one child was Comus. Moderation in numbers was more than counterbalanced in his case by extravagance in characteristics. Francesca mentally compared her son with hundreds of other young men whom she saw around her, steadily and no doubt happily engaged in the process of transforming themselves from nice boys into useful citizens. Most of them had occupations or were industriously engaged in qualifying for such in their leisure moments they smoked reasonably priced cigarettes went to the cheaper seats at music halls watched an occasional cricket match at lords with apparent interest saw most of the world's spectacular events through the medium of the cinematograph and were wont to exchange at parting seemingly superfluous injunctions to be good the whole of bond street and many of the tributary thoroughfares of piccadilly might have been swept off the face of modern london without any way interfering with the supply of their daily wants they were doubtless dull acquaintances but as sons they would have been eminently restful with a growing sense of irritation francesca compared these deserving young men with her own intractable offspring and wondered why fate should have singled her out to be the parent of such a vexatious variant from a comfortable and desirable type as far as remunerative achievement was concerned comus copied the insouciance of the field lily with a dangerous fidelity like his mother he looked round with wistful irritation at the example afforded by contemporary youth but he concentrated his attention exclusively on the richer circles of his acquaintance young men who brought cars and polar ponies as unconcernedly as he might purchase a carnation for his buttonhole and went for trips to cairo or the tigris valley with less difficulty and finance stretching than he encountered in contriving a week end at brighton gaiety and good looks had carried comus successfully and on the whole pleasantly through school days and a recurring succession of holidays the same desirable assets were still at his service to advance him along his road but it was a disconcerting experience to find that they could not be relied on to go all the distance at all times in an animal world and a fiercely competitive animal world at that something more was needed than the decorative abandon of the lily field and it was just that something more which comus seemed unable or unwilling to provide on his own account 
it was just the lack of that something more which left him sulking with fate over the numerous breakdowns and stumbling blocks that held him up on what he expected to be a triumphal or at any rate unimpeded progress francesca was in her own way fonder of comus than of anyone else in the world and if he had been browning his skin somewhere east of suez she would probably have kissed his photograph with genuine fervour every night before going to bed the appearance of a cholera scare or rumour of native rising in the columns of a daily news-sheet would have caused her a flutter of anxiety and she would have mentally likened herself to a spartan mother sacrificing her best beloved on the altar of state necessities but with the best beloved installed under her roof occupying an unreasonable amount of cubic space and demanding daily sacrifices instead of providing the raw materials for one her feelings were tinged with irritation rather than affection she might have forgiven comus generously for misdeeds of some gravity committed in another continent but she could never overlook the fact that out of a dish of five plovers eggs he was certain to take three the absent may be always wrong but they are seldom in a position to be inconsiderate thus a wall of ice had grown up gradually between mother and son a barrier across which they could hold converse but which gave a wintry chill even to the sparkle of their lightest words the boy had the gift of being irresistibly amusing when he chose to exert himself in that direction and after a long series of moody or jangling meal sittings he would break forth into a torrential flow of small talk scandal and malicious anecdote true or more generally invented to which francesca listened with a relish and appreciation that was all the more flattering from being so unwillingly bestowed if you chose your friends from a rather more reputable set you would be doubtless less amusing but there would be compensating advantages francesca snapped the remark out at lunch one day when she had been betrayed into a broader smile than she considered the circumstances of her attitude towards comus warranted i am going to move in quite decent society to-night replied comus with a pleased chuckle i am going to meet you and uncle henry and heaps of nice dull god-fearing people at dinner francesca gave a little gasp of surprise and annoyance you don't mean to say caroline has asked you to dinner to-night she said and of course without telling me how exceedingly like her lady caroline benaresque had reached that age when you can say and do what you like in defiance of people's most sensitive feelings and most cherished antipathies not that she had waited to attain her present age before pursuing that line of conduct she came of a family whose individual members went through life from the nursery to the grave with as much tact and consideration as a cactus hedge might show in going through a crowded bathing tent it was a compensating mercy that they disagreed rather more amongst themselves than they did with the outside world every known variety and shade of religion and politics had been pressed into the family service to avoid the possibility of any agreement on the larger essentials of life and such unlooked-for happenings as the home rule schism the tariff reform upheaval and the suffragette crusade were thankfully seized on as furnishing occasion for further differences and subdivisions lady caroline's favourite scheme of entertaining was to bring jarring and antagonistic elements into close contact 
and play them remorselessly one against the other one gets much better results under those circumstances she used to observe than by asking people who wish to meet each other few people talk as brilliantly to impress a friend as they do to depress an enemy she admitted that her theory broke down rather badly if you applied it to parliamentary debates at her own dinner-table its success was usually triumphantly vindicated who else is to be there francesca asked with some pardonable misgivings courtney yule he'll probably sit next to you so you'd better think out a lot of annihilating remarks in readiness and elaine de frey i don't think i've heard of her who is she nobody in particular but rather nice-looking in a solemn sort of way and almost indecently rich marry her was the advice which sprang to francesca's lips but she choked it back with a salted almond having a rare perception of the fact that words are sometimes given to us to defeat our purposes caroline has probably marked her down for toby or one of the grand-nephews she said carelessly a little money would be rather useful in that quarter i imagine comus tucked in his underlip with just the shade of pugnacity that she wanted to see an advantageous marriage was so obviously the most sensible course for him to embark on that she scarcely dared to hope that he would seriously entertain it yet there was just a chance that if he got as far as the flirtation stage with an attractive and attracted girl who was also an heiress the sheer perversity of his nature might carry him on to more definite courtship if only from the desire to thrust other more genuinely enamoured suitors into the background it was a forlorn hope so forlorn that the idea even crossed her mind of throwing herself on the mercy of her bete noire courtney yule and trying to enlist the influence which he seemed to possess over comus for the purpose of furthering her hurriedly conceived project anyhow the dinner promised to be more interesting than she had originally anticipated lady caroline was a professed socialist in politics chiefly it was believed because she was thus enabled to disagree with most of the liberals and conservatives and all the socialists of the day she did not permit her socialism however to penetrate below stairs her cook and butler had every encouragement to be individualists francesca who was a keen and intelligent food critic harboured no misgivings as to her hostess's kitchen and cellar departments some of the human side dishes at the feast gave her more ground for uneasiness courtney yule for instance would probably be brilliantly silent her brother henry would almost certainly be the reverse the dinner party was a large one and francesca arrived late with little time to take preliminary stock of the guests a card with the name miss de frey immediately opposite her own place at the other side of the table indicated however the whereabouts of the heiress it was characteristic of francesca that she first carefully read the menu from end to end and then indulged in an equally careful though less open scrutiny of the girl who sat opposite her the girl who was nobody in particular but whose income was everything that could be desired 
She was pretty in a restrained, nut-brown fashion, and had a look of grave, reflective calm that probably masked a speculative, unsettled temperament. Her pose, if one wished to be critical, was just a little too elaborately careless. She wore some excellently set rubies, with that indefinable air of having more at home that is so difficult to improvise. Francesca was distinctly pleased with her survey. "'You seem interested in your vis-à-vis,' said Courtney Yule. "'I almost think I've seen her before,' said Francesca. "'Her face seems familiar to me.' "'The narrow gallery at the Louvre, attributed to Leonardo da Vinci,' said Yule. "'Of course,' said Francesca. Her feelings divided between satisfaction at capturing an elusive impression and annoyance that Yule should have been her helper. A stronger tinge of annoyance possessed her when she heard the voice of Henry Greech raised in painful prominence at Lady Caroline's end of the table. "'I called on the Trudhams yesterday,' he announced. "'It was their silver wedding, you know, at least the day before was.' such lots of silver presents quite a show of course there were a great many duplicates but still very nice to have i think they were very pleased to get so many we must not grudge them their show of presents after their twenty-five years of married life said lady caroline gently it is the silver lining to their cloud a third of the guests present were related to the trudhams "'Lady Caroline is beginning well,' murmured Courtney Yule. "'I should hardly call twenty-five years of married life a cloud,' said Henry Greech lamely. "'Don't let's talk about married life,' said a tall, handsome woman, who looked like some modern painter's conception of the goddess Bellona. "'It's my misfortune to write eternally about husbands and wives and their variants. My public expects it of me.' I do so envy journalists who can write about plagues and strikes and anarchist plots and other pleasing things instead of being tied down to one stale old topic. Who is that woman and what has she written? Francesca asked Yule. She dimly remembered having seen her at one of Serena Golacki's gatherings, surrounded by a little court of admirers. I forget her name. She has a villa at San Remo or Mentone or somewhere where one does have villas, and plays an extraordinarily good game of bridge. Also, she has the reputation, rather rare in your sex, of being a wonderfully sound judge of wine. But what has she written? Oh, several novels of the thinnish ice order. Her last one, The Woman Who Wished It Was Wednesday, has been banned at all the libraries. I expect you've read it. I don't see why you should think so, said Francesca coldly. Only because Comus lent me your copy yesterday, said Yule. He threw back his handsome head and gave her a sidelong glance of quizzical amusement. He knew that she hated his intimacy with Comus, and he was secretly rather proud of his influence over the boy, shallow and negative though he knew it to be. It had been, on his part, an unsought intimacy, and it would probably fall to pieces the moment he tried seriously to take up the role of mentor. The fact that Comus's mother openly disapproved of the friendship gave it perhaps its chief interest in the young politician's eyes. 
Francesca turned her attention to her brother's end of the table. Henry Greech had willingly availed himself of the invitation to leave the subject of married life, and had launched forthwith into the equally well-worn theme of current politics. He was not a person who was in much demand for public meetings, and the house showed no great impatience to hear his views on the topics of the moment. Its impatience, indeed, was manifested rather in the opposite direction. Hence he was prone to unburden himself of accumulated political wisdom as occasion presented itself, sometimes, indeed, to assume an occasion that was hardly visible to the naked intelligence. Our opponents are engaged in a hopelessly uphill struggle, and they know it, he chirped defiantly. They've become possessed, like the Gadarene swine, with a whole legion of... Surely the Gadarene swine went downhill, put in Lady Caroline in a gently inquiring voice. Henry Greech hastily abandoned simile and fell back on platitude and the safer kinds of fact. Francesca did not regard her brother's views on statecraft either in the light of gospel or revelation. As Comus once remarked, they more usually suggested exodus. In the present instance, she found distraction in a renewed scrutiny of the girl opposite her, who seemed to be only moderately interested in the conversational efforts of the diners on either side of her. Comus, who was looking and talking his best, was sitting at the further end of the table and Francesca was quick to notice in which direction the girl's glances were continually straying. Once or twice the eyes of the young people met, and a swift flush of pleasure and a half-smile that spoke of good understanding came to the heiress's face. It did not need the gift of the traditional intuition of her sex to enable Francesca to guess that the girl with the desirable banking account was already considerably attracted by the lively young pagan who had when he cared to practice it, such an art of winning admiration. For the first time for many, many months, Francesca saw her son's prospects in a rose-coloured setting, and she began unconsciously to wonder exactly how much wealth was summed up in the expressive label, almost indecently rich. A wife with a really large fortune and a correspondingly big dower of character and ambition might perhaps succeed in turning Comus's latent energies into a groove which would provide him, if not with a career, at least with an occupation, and the young serious face opposite looked as if its owner lacked neither character nor ambition. Francesca's speculations took a more personal turn. Out of the well-filled coffers, with which her imagination was toying, an inconsiderable sum might eventually be devoted to the leasing or even perhaps the purchase of the house in blue street when the present convenient arrangement should have come to an end and francesca and the van der Meulen would not be obliged to seek fresh quarters a woman's voice talking in a discreet undertone on the other side of courtney ewell broke in on her bridge building tons of money and really very presentable just the wife for a rising young politician Go in and win her before she's snapped up by some fortune-hunter. Ewell and his instructress in worldly wisdom were looking straight across the table at the Leonardo da Vinci girl, with the grave reflective eyes and the over-emphasized air of repose. 
Francesca felt a quick throb of anger against her matchmaking neighbour. Why, she asked herself, must some women, with no end or purpose of their own to serve, except the sheer love of meddling in the affairs of others, plunge their hands into plots and schemings of this sort, in which the happiness of more than one person was concerned? And more clearly than ever she realised how thoroughly she detested Courtney Yule. She had disliked him as an evil influence, setting before her son an example of showy ambition that he was not in the least likely to follow and providing him with a model of extravagant dandyism that he was only too certain to copy in her heart she knew that comus would have embarked just as surely on his present course of idle self-indulgence if he had never known of the existence of yule but she chose to regard that young man as her son's evil genius and now he seemed likely to justify more than ever the character she had fastened on to him for once in his life comus appeared to have an idea of behaving sensibly and making some use of his opportunities and almost at the same moment courtney yule arrived on the scene as a possible and very dangerous rival against the good looks and fitful powers of fascination that comus could bring into the field the young politician could match half a dozen dazzling qualities which would go far to recommend him in the eyes of a woman of the world still more in those of a young girl in search of an ideal if not on such showy lines as comus always well turned out witty self-confident without being bumptious with a conspicuous parliamentary career alongside him and heaven knew what else in front of him Courtney Yule certainly was not a rival whose chances could be held very lightly. Francesca laughed bitterly to herself as she remembered that a few hours ago she had entertained the idea of begging for his good offices in helping on Comus's wooing. One consolation, at least, she found for herself. If Yule really meant to step in and try and cut out his young friend, the latter, at any rate, had snatched a useful start. Comus had mentioned Miss de Frey at luncheon that day, casually and dispassionately. If the subject of the dinner guests had not come up, he would probably not have mentioned her at all. But they were obviously already very good friends. It was part and parcel of the state of domestic tension at Blue Street that Francesca should only have come to know of this highly interesting heiress by an accidental sorting of guests at a dinner party lady caroline's voice broke in on her reflections it was a gentle purring voice that possessed an uncanny quality of being able to make itself heard down the longest dinner-table the dear archdeacon is getting so absent-minded he read a list of box-holders for the opera as the first lesson the other sunday instead of the families and lots of the tribes of israel that entered canaan fortunately no one noticed the mistake End of chapter 4